Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're listening to 101.7 Smooth Adventist Jazz. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the podcast. I have an exciting interview for you today, as you heard in the teaser. Um, but first, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. I appreciate each of every one of you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, review it on iTunes, Adventist Millennial Podcast. Leave me a little review. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with me at all, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or email me, AdventistMillennial at gmail.com. Search for me at SDA millennial that's my twitter handle and my uh instagram handle also don't forget we have the adventist millennials slack space that you can always come enjoy and join if you have questions comments thoughts things to ponder theological predicaments cultural nuggets nougats you know just things like that um there are ways to create community if you so choose and we would be glad to have you for now Let's jump into this incredible interview, and I will let them introduce themselves. I want to thank you for being here, um, but I know who you are, but not everyone knows who you are. So could you just tell us, uh, yeah, just tell us about a little bit about yourselves. Uh, I'm Emily's cousin, her favorite cousin. <laughs> I hope none of the rest of you are listening to refute that. Um, I, my name is Olivia. I grew up in Texas with Emily and then moved a bunch of places that none of you really probably care to know. Um, and I am a millennial. <laughs> Great. Nice to meet you for the first time ever on this podcast. And my name's Graham and I am married into this family of Webbers. I am a millennial as well, <laughs> born and raised in California. So don't judge me because that hasn't shaped my views at all. So, <clears throat> As you probably know on this podcast, we, I like to talk with people about kind of their experience within the church, within Adventism specifically, and see what have been our struggles, what have been the things that have been meaningful to us, why are we seeing the things, the trends that we're seeing now, and so really I just want to sort of get your experience and find out what's your life been like, and maybe smoke a doobie. Just kidding, we're not going to do that. This is the Adventist Millennial podcast. Not, oh. not the California way. <laughs> well, it's it's not legal day. here. We have a lot to say. Okay, Mostly good. Graham. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so just I guess set the, me up. The first thing is just kind of, can you tell us what your Adventist journey has been like? Um, I've talked about on here, I've gone through sort of different phases. Like I went through a really fundamentalist phase and then I went through a get out of my face, I don't care about religion phase. Like has that, how, what has your journey been like through your life? I'm a least, I guess probably the best way to put it is I'm a multi-generational Adventist. So, you know, it started with my great grandmother and it's kind of cycled on down. Um, I did the whole, um, Adventist education. So I started in sixth grade and went through college with the Adventist education. Um, and I think that my biggest struggle is I think um, I've struggled to make religion real. I think that's probably been the hardest thing for me is I've gone to church relatively regularly throughout my life. Um, and at times I felt like, oh, as soon as I, you know, I'm out for my 
parents' roof, you know, religion is not going to be part of my life. Um, but I feel like it's something that is important and I can tell the difference in my life when I do make a better effort with religion and how it's just, I think the gap for me has been, it hasn't ever felt truly real and it hasn't been my own real experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got yourself roped back in. I did. did. (laughs) That I did. Okay. So my journey, um, I feel like my journey has been kind of all over the place too. Um, started out same same as both of you I think really going to church we really hardly ever didn't go to church we'd skip every once in a blue moon but really went to church most sabbaths um when I was nine decided that we should read together as a family through the bible that really made things more personal for me I started having personal devotions um I went through a very devout phase as um probably I would say my biggest like most devout phase was probably as a mid teenager. So 14 to 17 or something. I really would, it kind of blows my mind now. Like I'm much worse as an adult. I would have lengthy devotions, prayer and Bible study and was really devout. Um, and then, and went through a very, um, intensive like youth evangelism program and was really on fire, preached in evangelistic meetings, like several different ones, did tons of mission trips and then went to college and hit real life and really struggled to kind of find my place. Not only, not like an, I, I differ a little bit in that I've never really struggled with, am I an Adventist? That's not something that I have really struggled with, but struggling with making it personal and making it real. And so I started getting tired like adults do. I started getting busy. Um, I struggled to find a church that felt like a fit for me, that felt fulfilling continue to struggle with that through graduate school and really my devotional life has continued to in my mind get worse and worse and worse to where um <laughs> oh, uh, can you hear that out there yeah. okay well wait <laughs> you're just really thirsty hey enough <laughs> That's fine. Back to my journey. <laughs> no, um, I don't even know how you can edit that. So basically, picking up with college, struggled to find a fit, continued that through graduate school. Um, my devotional life has continued to be a big struggle for me, more because I'm tired than that I don't want to. I just, they say we all have time, but I struggle to make the time. Um, and then now, being an adult, being out of a college town, really struggle with just making it a daily real experience because I, it is still important to me, but, um, so you kind of touched on it, but like, where do you stand now in relation, not only in your, in your personal sort of religious walk, but in relation to the church as a whole, I know you said you, you haven't necessarily struggled with your identity as an Adventist, but I think we all have some relation to the church as an organization. Um, where do you see yourself? For me, I feel like um, church has been a situation where it's something that we do on a regular basis. It's, you know, our nine to noon Saturday morning type situation. And then we go and then we either go out to potluck or family picnic or whatever. And then we kind of go off and do our own thing. And so we've kind of really boxed the religion in in that way. So that's kind of how I feel as I struggle that the box might not be my box anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Is there, I think a lot of people feel that way. Is there anything you can envision that would be different, that would be um, 
a better fit because I I have talked to a lot of people who have said like, yeah, I don't feel like it's really um, relevant to me or resonating with me, but we struggle to come up with, okay, what would be? Do you have any ideas? That's a good question. I'm trying to think of, I don't even know. I, I think some of it ties back to just making a personal commitment that I want to be involved. And I think if you come and expect, you know, this is my sprinkling of blessing for that week type situation and expect other people to kind of be the blessing versus you kind of taking it on in your own Mm -hmm. heart. I think that might help change the mindset maybe, but I guess that also takes a personal commitment. That's do more or less picnics have anything to do with it? If they were more like if beef was back in the equation, then it would be a big (laughs) change for a lot of people. But then we would all smell like beef. Well, I was going to touch on the social aspect of that too, like, because Emily and I have had a lot of discussions where if we were to repeat all of our thoughts on here, it could be like a 10 hour podcast, um, mostly because I like to talk a lot. Oops. Um, No, but the social aspect of it, I think that like you were sharing with me, Emily, about how it's hard because we we put a lot of blame on like oh you have to be the change like if you don't like it you better you better get involved and I do think I mean involvement has been a big blessing and has made a difference in my life but I also think I I have struggled just to be completely real I have struggled going to church and feeling like I mean it's probably taboo to say but like I don't really have anything in common with this particular congregation or you're in a congregation that's so I've been in both where you're in a congregation that's so big that it's hard to find the people that you connect with. And part of that I feel like is we're very selfish and we just want to be with the people we want to be with and we don't want to work with others. But part of that is, I think there, I think there's good and bad with that. Cause I think it's also that part of it is we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone, but we also like, I think it's okay sometimes to need to just rest and be with people that uplift us. So I think that that's a hard balance to find as well, which affects our whole church experience. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a good point. And that's something that I wanted to ask you about. Like, um, I think that we both kind of had experience in the different geographical sections of the church. Like we've both been in Adventist college towns with big churches and lots of Adventists around. And then there's also the places like where our grandparents live, where they're you know, there's one church and there's a handful of people. And if you don't like those people or you don't get along with those people, you're either going to a church that that is really tough to go to or you're not going. So what are what in your mind, what are the sort of unique struggles of each sort of life? Because I because like you said, right now I live in a college town. I live in Loma Linda. There are so many Adventists everywhere you turn. And a million churches. Yeah. And yet people still complain that they can't find community because it's like being lost in a crowd almost. But then on the other hand, you have like, well, there's, there's Buck and that's the only person I can be friends with. Like, you know, how, what have you seen, um, living sort of with, in both areas? Well, I hope you can edit this because like I said, I get very long winded and I have a lot to say about this. No, I really have, I feel like, seen a very, very broad spectrum of different types of Adventists, not even churches, but situations like different, I feel like I've lived in two different Adventist meccas, going to an Adventist college and then an Adventist graduate school, and then now we kind of live in the middle of nowhere and go to a really small, tiny church. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like the struggles, so back back when I was at Southern, back when I was in college, um, 
there were, we used to joke like, man, there's so many Adventist churches. There's, it's so hard to choose. And yet I've spent at least a full year church hopping and trying different churches and never really finding a fit for me um, and really struggling with what did that mean, looking for a fit. Should I just be like Graham said? Should I just be forcing myself to commit and get involved even though I didn't like a church or or should I keep looking for a church that was a fit? Um, and then my parents moved and I would drive an hour to go to their church with them because it just, at least I had the family element, which I really, and they had a Sabbath school that was really biblically interesting and fulfilling to me. So then I go to graduate school and Loma Linda, which is where you are, again, tons of churches. And yet I also really faced the struggle of feeling alone because if you go to the really big churches, does anybody even say hi to you? And then you could argue, well, maybe you need to be the one to say hello. But when you're not really comfortable and you're not really sure, um, it was kind of a vulnerable, like, I don't know, figuring out where I stood with the church, not as an Adventism, but just going to church regularly. Um, and then if I went to some of the smaller churches, I felt like, well, I didn't really connect there. And then finally, right before we moved, Graham and I found a a really like a it's actually a Sabbath school but we treated it like a church that we felt fulfilled by we really were challenged by it we loved it and then we found out we were moving so that's really probably the most I have felt like I fit at a church since since I was a kid and then now the unique struggle where we are here um I feel like I want to be careful how I say stuff because I feel like everybody that we interact with is super genuine and we've had nothing but positive social interactions here. Everybody at our church that we're at now has been so welcoming and friendly and kind. Um, but it's really different. It's really, there's, you know, our pastor has a lot of churches instead of being like a head pastor at a big church. He has a lot of churches, so he's not always there. And, um, everybody does the very best that they can to share a sermon or things like that. But it's, it's really different. It's not, it's more of a, I feel like we've had to put ourselves in more of a, okay, how can we be a blessing? How can we be involved rather than going to sit and absorb a blessing? And it's been hard in some weeks, if I'm being completely honest, to even want to get up and go because we're adults, we're tired. We drive to go to church. It's, I don't know, it's been kind of a struggle to feel like, well, there's not going to be much happening there this week. Maybe we should just skip instead of realize, instead of, you know, and it's almost been, feel bad saying it but we've almost had to force ourselves some weeks to be like okay no we want to we want to do this because we want to make it a priority but it's it hasn't come natural and we finally are getting more involved and we're helping with some things and it's making a big difference um but so I know that was really long-winded but I guess in a big to sum it all up in a big area I, I struggled with finding somewhere where I felt like I could connect with people and be seen and heard and then now I struggle with the motivation to go even when I feel like there may or may not be much going on at church that week. Yeah. I, I think it's a similar experience in both places for me. I mean, you know, we went from being like Olivia said in Loma Linda that had tons of Adventists, had tons of church options, but it was still never a real experience. And so whether it's a big church or a small church for me, it's a similar experience because it, yeah, it struggled to well, have yeah, meaning. And that's a huge legitimate thing is like no matter what the content that you're able to consume is if it's not um connecting with you on a personal level it's gonna have equal effects so. um do you mind can i like <clears throat> can i ask you about 
what recently, you don't have to go into detail, but like, I feel like there's been something in your life lately that, no, that's made a difference. And it's the first time in our relationship that I have seen you actually connect with something on a personal level. And I think that's a valid thing. I guess that's true. Um, we recently, or at least not we, I recently have joined part of this kind of small, uh, multi-denominational men's group that meets on a weekly basis. And it's nothing, you know, extravagant. There's not really a big agenda. It's, you know, a lot of it is just a lot of prayer and it's an opportunity for, um, we work with a majority of uh, the people that are in the group, but it's just an opportunity to kind of come on a social level on a different outside of work to have conversations that are intentional of, you know, whatever you're struggling with, if it's, you know, anxiety, if it is, you know, um, health concerns or whatever it may be. And then just kind of having that opportunity to bring it to somebody and just share in a, um, non-threatening or just kind of a non-awkward group, just having that opportunity to kind of come with whatever's on your heart. And then um, kind of the big thing that we've done recently that's really been impactful for me is we've actually had... You're good. Uh, we've had individualized prayer for everybody. And like each of us have had an opportunity to just kind of have that bonding moment. And I never really... I don't know. Prayer is... I mean, obviously something that we've all talked about and we know it's important to have the connection with God. But when, when we've had these prayer groups or whatever it's definitely i could feel the lift coming off of my shoulders i could feel like wow like i'm not the only one that struggles with this or you know what it just i think knowing that someone else is there praying for you and lifting you up in that way i think it's been really impactful and it's also just been a just an opportunity and ideation group as well as just talking about what their dreams are and what they want for their local church and things like that so it's been really cool that's um that's interesting. What do you, do you think the difference is is the environment environment of it being a small group? Because um, we were talking about if you guys listened a couple episodes ago, where we were talking about um, I'm talking to the audience because <laughs> I know you did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're catching up. We're just behind. Um, we were talking about what is the purpose of corporate worship, like the church service itself. Um, and that's something that I have struggled with because usually I'll enjoy like a small group or a Bible study or something, but actual, the church service itself is something that I really have a hard time, um, benefiting from in a meaningful way. So that's my next question is, do you, do you guys feel like your experience, um, is a common experience or do you feel like you're outliers for people of our generation? We're talking NAD because different, let's be honest, different countries don't have the same struggles that we have here in the States. Um, But for our generation, for your peers, do you feel like this is a common experience or do you feel like you're an outlier? I I think for our church, especially, we've talked about we lack that fellowship atmosphere of, you know, we come to Sabbath school, we sit in our pews, we go to church, we sit in our pews, and there's not really a whole lot of interaction. But when we have opportunities like the Sabbath school breakfast, or we have this small men's group that we have an opportunity to kind of connect on a different level, and it feels more real and personalized to what, you know, our daily struggles may or may not be. One of the topics that came up recently was talking about how, um, I guess the early church is probably the only way to describe it. It was really about, you know, meeting in people where they're at, in their homes, in a small group level. It wasn't, you know, um, putting this preacher or this speaker up on a platform and having him, you know, kind of talk down to us. And that's how we receive the message. It really is kind of a one-to-one conversation of, um, you know, what's on your heart today and meeting them where they needed to kind of seek help from. And so I think that's, there's something about, 
religion and when you talk to someone in their own home where they're comfortable, I think can really have the biggest impact for them. Well, I just wanted to, to add on to that and to say the biggest reason that I wanted Graham to share that whole experience also, um, which I know this doesn't exactly answer your question, but the reason that I wanted him to share that is you and I, Emily, have had a lot of discussions about like, what do we do practically? Like when, whether we're stranded in the middle of nowhere or whether we're stranded in an Adventist Mecca and not finding our fit, how do we change it? Because I think we all have this, not all of us, but I'm talking all of us that are on this podcast today. And I'm sure a lot of you listening have felt the same thing of, okay, I want, I want this in my life, but how do I practically do that? And I thought it was really, Graham's experience has been really cool to watch because like I said, this is the first time that I've seen him have a reaction to something like this in our whole relationship. And like he said, they don't really, they didn't pick a book. They didn't say, we're going to go through a book or let's study the book of John or let's all, there's no real format even. They just said, we want this to be intentional and we want there to be a spiritual component. And they literally just get together and talk about what they're going through. And first of all, I think it's amazing that he, Graham even shared they've had talks about like mental health and stuff. And there aren't a lot of men these days that will have those conversations. So kudos to them even just for that. But then they've also been intentional about weaving spiritual elements into it and about having that prayer time. And so I just thought that was really encouraging because we've had times where it's like, okay, but who do I ask to be in a small group and how do I do that? And so it's just been encouraging to me to say like, Sounds so cliche, but just do it. Like, just find a couple friends and say, we're going to commit to having some prayer time and keeping a spiritual mentality. But but other than that, you know, like, you don't have to have it all figured out to be able to get together and grow. And I think that's the biggest thing that I wanted to bring up, which, again, doesn't really answer your question about church. But I think that if, if you're in a place where you're struggling and you're thinking, but I don't, I don't know how to... I don't know how to do intense Bible study or I don't know what book should we go through. Like it doesn't have to be that just get together and help each other and pray for each other. Do you think, um, we are on a podcast. This is a digital sort of space. Do you think that this type of thing can be as effective in a digital space as it can be in person? Uh, there's kind of a, an online community sort of growing of Adventist type, um, digital things happening and so there is a question out there can we create sort of almost digital churches where people can find community with people that they have things in common with is there an element you think that we'll miss out on if we don't do those things in person yes and yes and yes and yes no i again you and i have had these talks i feel like um I do think there's a potential for that, um, for like community via something like this. I think the struggle is like, okay, for instance, like I just embarrassingly admitted, I'm like Emily's biggest fan of this and yet I'm a couple weeks behind. And, and so there'll be times where I'm listening to an episode of your podcast and I'll be like, oh, I have a thought about that. And yet I'm weeks behind and not that I can't like comment to you, but I think that there's that lag time where it's hard to have a discussion But something that I have thought about, too, is like I feel like there's an opportunity to have something like this where, for instance, somebody gets on a podcast and talks and then maybe a day later in the week, there's a digital group that like discusses not the lesson, but, you know, the talk, you know, like where we kind of share our thoughts and like because I know I've heard you say like, okay, if you have feedback, email me or 
tweet me or whatever. I want to hear from you. And yet there's that lag time where I think other people have probably thought this too of like, oh, well, the issue's passed. Like, I don't need to say anything. And so I do think you would miss the element of I really benefit from being able to like see somebody face to face. But I don't think that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there's not a place for it, because I feel like I also I really benefit from just listening to you talk to other people on this. And then if there was some way to I've actually even thought when you said stuff like that, like, man, could we have some kind of like live stream after the podcast where people can like 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 when somebody will do a Facebook live sale Mm -hmm. and you can like comment in. And Mm -hmm. even though you're not actually talking like you could at least be reading people's comments or I think something like that would be very beneficial and make me feel like, oh, wow, there's somebody else somewhere else going through the same thing. So even though it wouldn't have the same value as face to face, I think it has a definite place and benefit. So what what do you think is sort of the biggest thing problem plaguing the church as an institution right now? I think the struggle to adapt. Mm. Um, If you, I'll just take it from kind of the worldview as a whole over the last 10 to 15 years, you know, we've seen such great jumps in technology in how we communicate in the amount of information that we have. And you see so many different companies that are adapting to meet those people where they are and to attract that different, that other generations or that new generation. Mm -hmm. And I think the church, um, has been the same, 50 plus 60 plus years in in how it's structured you know you have your special music you have your um, scripture for the day and then you have your sermon and that's um, in general probably how how a vast majority of the Adventist churches operate and I think it's especially with the millennial generation I think it's not speaking to us as much as we it may have our parents generation and that's probably tied to why we have so many people that relatively grew up in the church and then once they it's time for them to make their own choice they don't attend yeah. it anymore so what you're saying is adventism is the blockbuster of church <laughs> we need Holly- netflix hollywood video <laughs> um and i just want to leapfrog off that though and something that i've noticed as well is not only like the technological changes but I think it's a real struggle to find. I think probably one of the biggest obstacles that our church as an organization is having is how to meet everyone in the middle. Because I feel like, okay, so we decide to make things switch up the service and change what's included and all that stuff. And the millennials are like, yeah. And then some of the older generations are like, now I'm not getting a blessing. And so I feel like it's easy. Like we go to, you go to either extreme service and the the opposite generation is going, well, there's nothing in this for me. Your time is over, old people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real message we have on this podcast. No, but yeah, like how do we how do we engage the millennial generation? And I'm not even talking about offending older generations. I just mean I know how I feel when I sit through some of those what people would call boring church services and I think I'm not getting anything out of this, but I've heard from older generations who are not even offended by like praise songs and things like that, but it's not what they're used to, and so it's not what they connect with. So even if they're open to change, it's hard for them to feel spiritually mm-hmm. fulfilled in newer settings. And so I think finding a way to bridge the gap of do we do like some churches and have separate church services, or do we combine elements from each? Or I, I think that's a big struggle that we're facing. Yeah, 
Okay, so we answered the question of the organization. What do you think is our biggest struggle as a generation in relation to the church? I mean, my first answer, without thinking it over, and I, I don't know, I feel like this, I probably would have a more eloquent answer if I thought about it, but is, for, maybe I'll, I'll make this personal. For me, in my generation, is a, a lot of it is selfishness, and I know that there's, people could argue that but I found that in my marriage I found that in my friendships I found that in my relationship with church when I'm so focused on well how am I gonna get a blessing or how am I gonna get whatever um it's a lot bigger struggle and I feel like our generation is a lot more we talk about how we're instant gratification we talk about how we're I want what I want when I want it and when you go to church and you're not getting what you feel like whatever it is in your head you should be getting well, why should I even be here? And I know we could go into the whole debate of, well, is, like you said the episode a few weeks ago, well, is church really valuable? And and so I'm not saying it's only selfishness, but I know that's been a big thing I've seen with me and my friends is if it isn't exactly catered to a T to what we want, we're out. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, our mentality, I guess, would be a better way of saying it than selfishness. <laughs> but that's just the yeah. word that came to my mind. But our mentality yeah. of what's in it for me and not that we should have to do all the work, but I think if we found a more compromised, like, okay, how can we work together to make changes? We need changes, but instead of, well, it wasn't exactly what I wanted, so I'm out. Yeah, right. What do you think, Graham? Sorry. I think it's very similar to what you said about just the mentality. I think that um, as a generation, we're very uh, probably prone to to. And the only word I could think of, but it's not the right word, um, standing up for our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so we have lots of people our age that are starting their own not-for-profits or they're um, doing the kind of whatever cause or charity really speaks to them. And so I think we're really all about how can we make this hands-on and mold it to us. And so it's not it's moving away from that typical kind of classroom feel that right. that churches have to you know, I'm going out and serving the homeless or... Well, the I'm... church the church that you and I felt connected to was more of a Bible study than a church, like traditional church feel. It was more of a kind of discussion, more of a large, small group kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's valid. Um, and I totally cut Graham off. I, can, I, can I also add that another conversation I've had with Emily, I've had it with a lot of my friends, is without going into detail because everybody's experience is different, but I think a lot of us in this generation have struggled with what what we'll just classify as making mistakes. And that can be as simple as, oh, I watch movies that the church wouldn't agree with, or or I've struggled with real issues. Like I've had friends who've struggled with drinking. And watching or, movies is not a real issue. The biggest issue. <laughs> no, but no, but whether it's a whether it's a smaller like lifestyle choice or whether it's what yeah. what the Adventist church would classify as a big issue of drinking or things like that, um, most not all, sorry friends to call you out, but most of my friends and myself have struggled with some form of an issue of well, I know the church wouldn't approve the it's church unapproved exactly yeah, an unapproved yeah. activity, and so it's easier to hide that and avoid church rather than be because if we are honest about those things we're ostracized because well I don't struggle with that yeah I'm not gonna tell you the 10 other things I do struggle with and so I feel like it's easier for our generation to be like I'm gonna feel judged whether they're being judged or not we we hide what we're really going through and then 
it's easier to just hide in general. Yeah. I think is a real thing. Too. Although I would say that is a huge barrier for our generation, although I think it's also just part of the human condition. Oh, totally. I think that's been a problem for a long time, which leads me to my last question. Do you think that this is a hazard of our stage in life? Do you think a lot of our generation will come back around? Because I know that at our age, our parents, a lot of people in our parents' generation did the same thing. They left, and many of them eventually came back. Do you think it is specifically uh, a problem that we're having in the church that's causing people to leave, or do you think it's also a hazard of this is where we're at in our lives and, and every generation kind of goes through it and maybe we'll come back around at some point. I never thought of it that way. I mean, we hear of countless examples of where, you know, they, I guess the only way to put it is they did the more worldly thing and then they had a moment where they hit rock bottom and the thing that brought them back was Jesus. And so maybe that is, you know, where our generation will head at some point, but it's hard to say that's what we, I mean, obviously, that's probably our hope. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's, we're looking at. We haven't at hit rock bottom yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, for some people, it's rock bottom. For my parents, it was having kids. And I know that that yeah, sounds right. kind exactly. of, you know, some life change, whether mm-hmm. it's hitting rock bottom, whether it's for them, they didn't go to church for almost 10 years. And then they had me and we're like, this is important. We want this for our kids. And we're faithful churchgoers after that. Um, I do think the difference with this generation, and this could just be my opinion, but I do think the difference is we are. Mm, I don't even know how to... Because, yes, I think there will be some people that go through exactly what you're saying and they stray or whatever and they come back. I do think um, there are more people from what I've seen, and maybe I just didn't live through the other generation, who question even if Adventism is beneficial, even though I haven't struggled with that. I have a lot of friends who have. And so I think there... I feel like I will see more of my friends come back to... Christianity than to Adventism Mm -hmm. or they may come back to Adventism but if you look at if you were to ask them why are you an Adventist they really would oh how am I trying to say this they would relate more to nominal Christianity they just go to Adventism because it's the title they grew up with if you looked at their and I'm not judging their lifestyle choices but if you look at their lifestyle choices their fundamental beliefs they probably don't really have much to relate to Adventism they just that's the culture they yeah. grew up in. Yeah. So I feel like we'll see more come back to Jesus, which is what's, I think, ultimately important. But but I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see a return to fundamental yeah. Adventism as much in this We'll generation. come back to movies, but not blockbuster. Yeah. Thank you for your insight and your uh, story. Is there any last thoughts, last words you'd like to share before we leave everyone hanging and sad because it's come to an end? I would like to say thank you for having us on your podcast. Um, I think that what you're doing is really critical for this generation and this time. And these are real discussions. And that's, I guess that's what I'd like to say is I think that people don't realize how open you are to having, having discussion and having different opinions on your podcast. And so I would just encourage people, like, if you have an opinion or a story or whatever, reach out to Emily and whether that means you get to be on the podcast or get to be mentioned on the podcast or whatever you're lucky enough to attain. No, but I I think that I want to just encourage people to have more real discussions and not worry that they're too conservative or too liberal, but to actually have these conversations because I think that is how our generation is going to grow and find more And if I don't like it, I'll just silence you. 
Exactly. So what do you have to we'll lose? We'll just filibuster is what <laughs> yes. it is. You'll just be publicly humiliated or... <laughs> so good! No. So thanks for having us, Emily. Yeah, thanks yes, for thank up. you. Thanks for being willing to share. All right, thanks everyone. Have a good week.